Hey, everybody. Let's pause here for station identification. Today's episode is brought to you in part by Hormone Harmony, a name that has so much more meaning to us now at the perfectly ripe ages of 55, 56, and 58. Longtime listeners know that the three of us are no strangers to hot flashes, night sweats, sleeplessness, and the occasional menopause moment, known more scientifically as menopause-related brain fog. Hormone Harmony contains science-backed herbal extracts called adaptogens that help the body adapt to stressors, including the chaotic hormonal shifts that happen naturally throughout a woman's life. Hormone Harmony has over 17,000 reviews online, and what you'll see them say over and over again is that they finally feel like themselves again. For a limited time, you can get 15% off your entire first order at happymammoth.com. Just use the code PCPS at checkout. That's happymammoth.com and use PCPS for 15% off today. Thanks so much to Hormone Harmony and thanks to you for listening today. Hey listeners, you know that feeling you get when you discover something amazing and all you want to do is tell everybody that you know about it? Well, that's exactly how I feel about Armoire. Armoire makes getting dressed super easy and super fun. With a clothing rental membership from Armoire, you get to build the perfect wardrobe with brands that are high quality, they're unique, and they're recommended just for you. All you have to do is take a five-minute style quiz and select items from your dynamic, personalized closet. Those styles show up to you in as little as two days. And then when you're ready for some new clothes, you just swap them out for more new-to-you styles. And that's exactly what I did a couple of months ago when Andy and I took a trip to Hawaii. And of course, I wanted to have some fun, beachy, cute clothes. Armoire was perfect for that. I got the most amazing outfits that I got so many compliments on. And the best part was that when we got home, all I had to do was ship those items back and they didn't have to take up space in my closet unused for a year. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off their first month. That's up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash PCPS. That is armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E dot style slash PCPS to get up to 50% off your first month, and you'll never have to worry about what to wear again. So try Armoire today. Hold on, I just want to back up because I'm not coming to your house if Kristen has any of that because if she barfs ho-hos and Twinkies, that's not going to be pretty in Thank you, that is a good point. Hello world, it's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. Welcome to the Pop Culture Preservation Society, the podcast for people born in the big wheel generation who could spend a whole summer day with just a tennis ball and a garage door. We believe our Gen X childhoods gave us unforgettable songs, stories, characters, and images. And if we don't talk about them, they'll disappear, like Marshall, Will, and Holly on a routine expedition. And today, we're taking a short break from saving our pop culture nuggets to answer some of our society's burning questions for us, your PCPS hosts. I'm Carolyn. I'm Kristen. And I'm Michelle. And we are your pop culture preservationists. Since we started the PCPS in December 2020, we've asked you, our society members, lots of fun questions, and in return, you've shared so many great stories with all of us. 
So we thought we'd turn the tables and let you ask us some questions. And you did. From DMs across our social media platforms, we've picked some fun questions that inquiring society members want to know about us. Your fearless, sometimes clueless, but always enthusiastic leaders of the Pop Culture Preservation Society. Are you guys ready for this? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I'm so ready. <laughs> I love question and answer games. All right. Yeah. So let's just get right into it. I'm going to ask the first questions, and then we'll just take turns from there. Okay. Okay. Sound okay, good? Great. Who were your favorite hot celebrity couples of the 70s and 80s, Kristen? I, I really only have one, and that's Sonny and Cher. I loved the Sonny and Cher show. Oh, I yeah. watched it. That's a good one. Every weekend. And I, sometimes my mom, my mom would make me wash my hair during Sonny and Cher. And I was like, what are you doing? <laughs> but then when I put the towel on my head, I could pretend that was my hair. And I could like flip it over my shoulder and I'd be Cher. So that was okay. But Sonny and Cher is where I learned about divorce. I learned the definition of divorce. Oh. And there was this, because it was going off the air, and I was very upset about it, and I wanted to know why. And my mom, I remember we were in a car, and my mom's like, mm, I don't know, I don't know. I don't, mm-hmm. And it was my aunt, the cool <laughs> aunt, who was like, well, they're getting divorced. And I was like, what is this word divorce that you're talking about? Yeah. Oh, that was well, that's sad. actually, that's mm-hmm. a lucky way to... Um, to learn about divorce, though. Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know life mm-hmm. without it. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Carolyn? Well, I'll tell you, I had a kind of a hard time with this one because mm-hmm. all of mine, I realized, were fictional. Oh, <laughs> I love I that, that problem, though. too. Yeah. So I, I picked the one that I would pray about every week. Because I really wanted Steve Austin and Jamie Summers to get back together. But Jamie Summers, the bionic woman, had amnesia from the awful accident. She couldn't remember pre-accident when they were in love. And she'd get these little snippets of memories. And you'd be, I'd pray like, oh, let it all the way come back. Let it all the way come back. Every week I did that. Oh, my gosh. And last night I was telling that to Andy. And he said, Man, can you imagine what like bionic sex would have been like if <laughs> they had sound effects for them? Like, I informed him that none of their genitalia, as far as I knew, was bionic. Well, we don't. We don't know. We don't know. They wouldn't have disclosed that. Don't you think? I think this is an opportunity for some more fan fiction. I think I can be like she gets her memory back, and we're off in Ojai, California, because that's where she lived, and we're going to have some sex in her cute little house, little treehousey kind of thing she lived in. If I had a real bionic erotica. Yes, mm-hmm. bionic erotic. Can you imagine <laughs> that the places that could go? Um, <laughs> anyway, if I had to choose a real couple, I would have probably gone with Lee Majors and Farrah Fawcett. Yes. That's who I went with. I had a hard time with that question too. I wrote the same one, Carolyn. I said if I had to pick one, I would have probably said Farrah Fawcett and Lee Majors, just because they were so beautiful I to know. look mm-hmm. at. They together. were beautiful people. Oh, mm-hmm. They were. All right. Well, now on to our next question. Do you all recall what your first R-rated movie was? Michelle? I don't, but mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't. And to be honest, I'm sure I saw one long before I was 17. That's the age, right? You have yes, to be 17. 17. No one or under 17. Parent. No yeah. one under 17 allowed without a parent. Yeah. Right. 
I will tell you the first movie, R-rated movie, I because rem- Little Darlings was 1980, mm-hmm. but the first R-rated movie that I can remember really kind of traumatizing me was from 1981, and that was Porky's. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh yeah, Porky's. Remember Porky's? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yes. The mm-hmm. hole in the in the yeah. the girls' locker room and then he sticks his wiener through it and then mm-hmm. the big coach or I forgot who she is. She comes and she pulls it and <sighs> Yeah. There was a that lot. Was- oh, that was just the whole the whole like they're going to the whorehouse basically. But I I I remember n- the first time I saw it being a little bit a little bit shell-shocked. I was too young, yeah. I'm sure. Mhm. Kristen, what about you? What was your okay. first rated R? So my first rated R movie is, is I'll never forget it ever, 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 because it's probably one of the most epic fights I've ever had with my parents. It was like histrionics. Oh, wow. Yes. So I was invited to go see the movie Fame um, by the Stein girls, of course. Um, and I was a <laughs> dancer, course. you know. We got to like, get them on this podcast. I know. I know. Because the <laughs> Stein girls get them on. definitely introduced me to a lot of things. So, of course, I want to go see Fame because, you know, dance is life, right? I was this little dancer girl, and I just, how could you not see Fame? So I ask my parents if I can go to this movie with the Stein girls, and they say, of course not. It's rated R. You're only 12 years old. And I was like, but dance is life. And we went back and forth to the <laughs> point where they just started ignoring me. They just stopped listening to me. It would just turn around and walk away. And I'm scream crying. I'm scream crying. I wrote a note and I got a, we didn't have post-its back then. So I had to get a piece of tape and I wrote a mean note to them about how much I hated them. And, um, and then I walked into their bedroom and I slammed it on the door so they would read the note about how much I hated them. (laughs) And they did not give in. You could tell this was, you know, they were reading the parenting books and they're like, if we give in, then she'll never respect us. And so they would not give in and Mm -hmm. I couldn't go see fame, (laughs) but they wanted to like make a happy family. So they're like, I tell you what, let's all go to a family movie tonight. We're going to go to a family movie, all of us. And we're going to go see this new Steve Martin movie called the jerk, which is rated R. And the whole thing oh, is about his penis. Make sense. The whole movie is right. about him discovering right. his special God. purpose, which is his erection. I was pissed as shit that I'm sitting here watching this movie about his penis and a dog named Shithead, but I can't go see the dance movie. Well, I can tell you my first movie, and I actually kept the ticket stub for it because oh, wow. that's how iconic my first rated R movie was. I was going to remember this no matter what. And my friend Debbie, her dad took us. And we saw the Amityville Horror. Oh. oh, Yeah, which was scary. So yeah. scary. Um, and sc- scary because supposedly it really happened, which mm-hmm. always gives it a different flavor when you think like, oh, my gosh, this could maybe have happened. But I, I don't remember. I guess it was kind of scary. I was just more enamored with the fact that I was seeing a rated R movie. <laughs> I mean, like I said, I kept the ticket stub. It was in my scrapbook. Oh, my God. That is so funny. <laughs> yes. I will never forget this. And I obviously never have. So... That was my first rated R movie. Wow. I saw that one too with the Stein yeah. girls. It's <laughs> <laughs> girls. Mm-hmm. Literally, yep. they make, I think they make an appearance um, in every podcast yeah, episode. I think, so. I think so. I think that we need to, um, there needs to be a movement out. Find the Stein girls mm-hmm. and get them on our podcast. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I'm on it. Okay. This question is very thoughtful and I love this question. So it has um, like four or five parts. So let me read all of it and then you can answer all of those questions in any order you choose. So the question was, what shows, songs, 
or movies from your childhood did you make it a point to share with your own children? Did they get it and love these things? If not, were you disheartened? Do you think we have a primal need to repeat these things? Is it a way to vicariously recapture our youth, or is it simply a healthy desire to share the feeling of joy? Kristen, what do you think? That's an excellent question. I love that question. Um, And I do have strong feelings about this. Is it a way to vicariously recapture our youth? Yes. Or is it simply a healthy desire to share the feeling of joy? I don't really think so. I have to cop to the um, vicariously recapturing our youth. Okay, so here's the answer to the question. Brady Bunch, fail. The Monkees, fail. But then he becomes a big fan of Big Time Rush. I'm like, dude, it's the same show. Uh, You guys, (laughs) Sesame Street was a fail. He would not watch Sesame Street. I know, that broke my heart. Grease was a fail. Luckily, Herbie was a win. Herbie the love bug was a win, which is a really good thing because my we are like a Herbie family. This we have like a Herbie legacy, mm-hmm. and yes. if he didn't like Herbie, that would he would have had to get kicked out of the family. Um, although mm-hmm. he didn't like the monkeys show, he did like some monkeys songs, and he would. Well, I don't have to tell you that he did like the song Valerie. <laughs> Journey was a win. Where I really had more wins was in the area of music. And not necessarily because it was just music Mm -hmm. that I liked, but because it was music that was in our house. And he got to find his own way with the music. I didn't say, oh, honey, listen to this. Listen to Andy Gibb. You're going to love him. No. Here's all the music in our house. And he latches on to Journey, Van Halen, ACDC. It's very clear he has a direction, right? Which pleases me like crazy. But I can't say too much about liking or it could be over. Yeah, I... um. I would agree on a lot of those things. However, I'm going to disagree with you on the motivation of why I shared those things. I think because they brought me such joy and I love the feeling they gave me, I wanted that feeling for my kids. Yes, it it brought me joy and I thought I wanted them to feel that same kind of joy, Mm -hmm, not necessarily wanting to feel it for myself again, but wanting them to have that joyful experience that I had. And to your point, did that always work? No. (laughs) And sometimes did we do it and we didn't know we were doing it? For example, like you were talking about the music. And that's how my kids love some of the music they enjoy now was from listening to Andy play it in the car just Mm -hmm. for his enjoyment. Mm -hmm. But not like, hey, kids, we're going to listen to my favorite song. And now they know pour some sugar on me because of that. (laughs) So, um, but I know there were some specific times that I went into an event or a moment with that intention. One being The Sound of Music. It was played at a movie theater over in South Minneapolis on Chicago Avenue. The Parkway. On the big screen. And I thought, by golly, we are getting in the car. We are going to see The Sound of Music on the big screen. And when Julie Andrews twirls around in the Alps, it's going to be on a giant screen. And I do think everyone kind of enjoyed that. Um, a little disappointed when I tried to push the books on them because that was not um, Little House on the Prairie fell dead on my daughters. They just were like, no, nope, they're not really readers. And then the only other one that has become a family tradition would be It's a Wonderful Life, which my parents made us watch every Christmas Eve. And I say made because it ended up we loved it. And now we in turn do that with our family. And I think that will continue. So those are a few of the Mm -hmm. events and things that I've shared with them. 
Yeah, I think mine, um, I, I agree with you, Carolyn, in that um, I felt like sharing, wanting to share a lot of these things with my girls was definitely just me wanting to share the joy I felt. For instance, if you go back, I just, I picked just a few examples. Um, most of, most of the things you guys just said, the things that you tried to share with your kids and they didn't like, exactly the same with my kids. Mm-hmm. They didn't like most of that stuff too. Um, I remember a kind of, this is kind of an embarrassing story now, but like 16 candles that did not go over well with my girls. I mean, now that I'm an adult and rewatch it, I totally get it. Yeah. yeah. Um, and to be honest, when I watched it again through my adult lens and in the current culture, I was very embarrassed that I talked it up <laughs> so much that I suggested it. <laughs> Um, but I think that kind of added, I think before they even watched it, that was ruining for them that I had talked it up so much. But then, yes, I was like, oh, wait, no, 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 this is bad, bad, bad. <laughs> Mama changed her mind. Um, yeah, exactly. Uh, to this day, they still refuse to watch Pretty in Pink or Dirty Dancing. Uh, and Ugh. even though my girls are grown, they are remarkable people doing amazing things. I kind of feel like I failed as a parent because they have not seen Dirty Dancing or Pretty in Pink. Yeah. And it's almost like a joke when we'll be like, when they are both home and we'll say, let's watch a movie. I always will say, Dirty Dancing, Dirty. And then they'll like just get up and leave the room because they know I'm going to, I want them to watch it. Um, but like both of, like your your kids, my girls really like and liked from the time they were little, most of the 80s pop that Mm -hmm. I loved. My 25-year-old especially, when she was little, like three years old, obsessed with the Go-Go's. She loved, loved dancing around and singing the Go-Go's and Barry Manilow. Mm -hmm. Loved all of Barry Manilow songs. And she still does. She still will admit to that she likes Barry Manilow. And it makes me so happy that she knows all the words to the Barry songs. And um, two huge accomplishments, though, I will say as a parent is the fact that both girls know all the words and love to sing Wham Rap with me. Oh, that's an accomplishment. And another one is when the family, when we're all together, we can all sing all the words to Grandmaster Flash's White Lines. Oh, my God. I well, didn't know this about drop. you. That's impressive. Ticket to ride, White Line Highway. Tell all your friends they can go my way. Pay your toll. Sell your soul. Pound for pound costs more than gold. You want to share something with them. You want them to share, to have the same joy that you did, which I think is still kind of recapturing your youth in a way. But I realized that I wanted to share literally in the moment, like a cultural reference, singing a song, like literally share it with him. And so when I'm making, when I go, oh, Mm -hmm. my nose, and he doesn't know what I'm talking about, (laughs) I'm like, Damn it, mm-hmm. you don't even know what I'm saying. I can't. And actually, he did say to me one time, this was when he was really little, and he was just exasperated with me. And he said, I don't know, Mom. Everything you say is from the 70s. <laughs> <laughs> but I wanted to be able, I wanted oh. him to know those songs because then we, he would mm-hmm, know what I'm mm-hmm. singing. I wanted him to know my references right. about Brady Bunch and stuff like that because that's funny. And then we all laugh at the same thing. Moving on to our next question, ladies. Go back to elementary school, think of your PE class, and was there anything in particular that ever traumatized you that you had to do in PE? Kristen? I'm going to jump Yes, you're shaking your head. I know, because it's so traumatizing. It's so traumatizing. I'm going to go to junior high, the first year of junior high. okay. Swimming. Swimming at Fred Moore Junior High brought me close to tears. 
It was so awful. Mm. Part of it being... Having to be in a swimsuit. Oh, oh, and not just not having just having to be in a swimsuit, but we were required to wear the school's swimsuit, which was like mm-hmm. that nubby polyester from the 60s. And they were all stretched out in front, so much so that it was you couldn't just wear the swimsuit or it would expose your boobies to the world. And so what we all had to do was pull the swimsuit on, pull the straps up so that our boobs wouldn't flop out, and then get in line where the gym teacher had lengths of string, and then she would tie the straps behind you so your boobies wouldn't flop out. So you were terrified the entire time that you're going to expose a brand new baby breast to the seventh grade boys. Oh, my gosh. Put on top of that, just the body shame alone. That's what I was going to say. Or just the fact that in middle school, some of you just have little baby breasts, and then there's some girls who are already sporting a C-cup, and that's every bit as embarrassing. Yes. Yes, it, it was. Oh, and it the baby was, fat. I still had baby fat in, in uh, middle school. And everybody's mm. looking at me. Am I fat? Am I thin? Am I womanly? Am I childlike? It was just oh, like a microscope was held on you. And it was the most anxiety-producing class I've had in any of my schooling. And I have way too much schooling. I have way too much education. And on top of that, it's 1980. And we have the kind of hair that has to be done. And so the bell rings, you get out of the pool, you have wet hair. Oh my God, having people see your hair flat, like wet to your head, that's horrific because Uh, you're supposed to have this giant hair. And then you have five minutes to dry your hair and curl it. And it's just not possible. And you're all fighting for the outlets. The stress was We had a shower. Oh, yeah. You had to shower off. Yeah. It was horrible. We had to get in the shower with the other other kids. And you're trying to hide your body, but then you also are embarrassed because you're hiding your body. Are you supposed yes. to not hide your body? Like, oh, over there, Trisha's not hiding her body. So, but am I supposed to? Oh, I want to hide mine, but, but then is that me? even going to be oh. weirder if I hide my body? And you guys, it's so traumatizing. Swimming, that should just not be a thing in, in school. I totally agree. Well, I'm sorry, Kristen. I'm glad you, you survived. I know, just barely. Oh, gosh. There were times when oh. I would make up stuff. Like, I remember one time, oh. and this wasn't scheming. <laughs> this was me just being desperate. I remember getting out of the pool and telling the gym teacher, like, I did something to my shoulder. I think I hurt my shoulder. I think I, think I have to uh-huh. go. And he's like, get back in the pool. I just, I was just uh-huh. desperate. I was desperate. Oh, yeah. I was the queen of lying at PE. Oh, and I was an too. honest, I mean, we all know by now, mm-hmm. I was an honest rule-following girl. But man, I would lie if I had to or if I thought I could to my PE teacher to get out of PE as much as I oh. as much as I could. Oh, I was actually just going to say very quickly that I remember my parents coming home from parent-teacher conferences um, and telling me that all of my Everything was great except Mr. Ungaro, who was our gym teacher, and I had swimming, that I was getting a D in swimming because of all my lying. I didn't <laughs> swim a lot, I would say. I had my period. I mean, we'd be, I think all we had to say was, like, it's that time in the month, or yeah. I don't know. We had some, like, thing that we could say. I think I was out of the pool more than I was in it, yep. and I got a D in swimming. Poor Carolyn oh, has her period 22 days Three a month. Three times a month. Exactly. I know. So in answer to the question, what did you have to do in PE class that traumatized you? My answer is everything. Honest to God, everything. Mm -hmm. Um, Everything. But I will say, if I had to pick one that would be the most traumatizing to me throughout all of my years of PE, it would be picking teams. 
you know, where they, because that's when you still did it, two team captains. And then the PE teacher would always pick the really popular athletes and they would each go one at a time, picking, 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 picking. And I was always, always, if I wasn't last, I was second to last. And it didn't matter. Even if I had, even if I was great friends with the person picking, I was such a poor athlete and so, you know, just inept at everything we did in PE, except square dancing. I like square I dancing. I could do that. And the flex arm hang. Dancer first. Oh, I couldn't do any of that. And I hated like, yeah, all the physical fitness challenges or whatever. You guys, I couldn't climb a rope. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, um, Michelle and Kristen, that my traumatizing experience was the flexed arm hang. Oh my God. That and the standing broad jump. Oh. Wait, oh. is flexed arm hang the one where, like a pull up? No, you're just well, standing, you just you're just holding on. Like your- oh, oh, where you yeah. have to hang with your chin oh, over yes. the bar? Oh, you're just standing oh there. my God. I'm having PTSD tonight. Oh, <laughs> I tell you, you guys, because here's a few things I've de- deciphered about this. One, everyone's looking at you. Yes. You know, you're waiting for everyone to have their turn. So when you're hanging up there, the whole well, at least the girls are looking at you. And Lynn Hoyt, man, that girl, she probably could have done pull-ups. She would just be up there forever. I think the teacher finally <laughs> had to tell her to come, you know, like, you can let go now. You've reached the whatever. I, as soon as, like, I think we have a little chair that we stepped up on. Then we went, and then we, like, I pulled moved the off of the chair. <laughs> <laughs> My chin would hit, like, right away. It was horrible. Horrible. It's just traumatizing. I had no upper arm strength. Still don't. That and then the standing broad jump. And that was the one where you'd like swing your arms like <laughs> You're going the wrong way, Charlie. You got to swing them this way. And you would go like, That's why you're swinging them backwards. Oh, <laughs> well, no, you had to like go back and forth. Yeah. Well, the joke was with how much I was doing that, you would have thought I would have gone flying. <laughs> and I think I went like three inches. Like six inches. <laughs> it was horrible. And because I was tall, I think... Like, the teachers would say even stuff like, oh, you're going to be great at this because you're so tall. So there were these, like, expectations that I was going to like, <laughs> yeah. launch myself. And honestly, it was so short. And then, you guys, it was so depressing because there were seven events. I'm going to quickly go over them with you guys. So during the presidential physical fitness test, that's when we had to do these things. Oh, it's terrible. Yes. Mm-hmm. I was great in everything else. You I was- were? Well, the other things were sit-ups. The shuttle run, remember? We used to oh, race yeah. yeah, the shuttle yeah, run. Yeah, 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 um, The 50-yard dash, I could do that. The, a softball throw, you know, just throw something. Um, and then the 600-yard walk run. Oh, I always God. remember that it was oh, called the walk run. I was sick that um, day. But I got in the cat, you know, I got in the top 85% is what you had to be in to get, like, of each of those categories to get the bat, the patch and the certificate. But I never did because of the damn arm hang mm. and the standing broad jump. So it that was traumatizing. When you talk about having to get 85% in order to get the whatever it is, I don't even have that information. I don't even know that I've never, I never got a thing. I'm making a shape with my hands because apparently you got something, but clearly <laughs> I never got anything. And I was so Mm-mm. far from getting anything that I didn't even retain the information about what I needed to do. I'm just like, I'm here. I was even tr- going to re- tell you guys that I really feel like when we would have to do the running jump, the running broad jump, whatever you call it. Mm-hmm. I feel like when I would run, you know, you're supposed to run, 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 and then just like throw yourself into the <laughs> sand pit. I think I would run, 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 and then like stop and jump, <laughs> you know, run, 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 feet together, jump. <laughs> nope. 
But I could tap dance. <laughs> yeah, that wasn't one of the seven I things. I could shuffle off to Buffalo. It should have been. Well, Why, like, but let's think about it. How is that any less physical? I had like I the, the amount of like physical exertion and, and stamina that I had every week in tap dancing. Mm-hmm. And I was a really, really good tap dancer. So, but yet I failed at all of the other stuff. It just doesn't make sense to me as right. an adult now that like I was, I was labeled as very physically unathletic, but yet I could do all this. You know, I'd like to see all those girls who were, you know, hang, hang on from the bar for three <laughs> minutes, you know, do a triple yeah. time step. No. Mm-mm. <laughs> I knew I could never get that badge, mm-hmm. so I was like, I don't care what badge. They're giving out badges? Okay. <laughs> Anywho, um, okay. was there okay. a TV family that you wished you lived with instead of your own? Or maybe, you know, if we're going to be nice, in addition to your own. Carolyn, what do you think? When I was younger, I wanted to be the only daughter of the Douglas family. Before they got Dodie. So if you remember my three oh, sons. Dodie. Um, they had three sons. <laughs> Dodie was after. <laughs> Sorry. I forgot about Dodie. Her, her, her dresses were too short. Okay, this is like way off the rails. <laughs> I could not choose between two families. So my first family I chose was the Douglas family <laughs> from my three sons. I wanted to be the only daughter. I thought I would be just doted upon and sorry that just sounds like doty i was gonna say something Use about the that i just wanted to be the apple doty of everybody's upon. eye i figured i'd be spoiled if i was this the youngest daughter and everyone would love me and i loved their house i think that they may have had a dutch door and i oh, just yes, loved they did. the house on mm-hmm. My three sons, and I wanted to live in that house. So that was one family. And then fast forward to when I was a little older, I would have loved to have been um, in the Lawrence family on family. Aww. I would have loved mm-hmm. to have been Christy McNichol, yeah. sister. Her twin sister. She Baxter would have been the Bernie coolest. Sister. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Twin would be better. Michelle, so those are my choices. What about you? Yeah, for me, I have two. I have one from the 70s and one from the 80s. And for sure, in the 70s, I wanted to be part of the Ingalls family. I didn't care if I had to use the toilet out in the outhouse. I I just love I love Ma and Pa. Um, I think I've told you guys before in our Little House on the Prairie episode. Um, pa always kind of reminded me of my own father um, in different ways. And um, you know, I think we've talked enough about Little House on the Prairie that um, I don't need to go into all the reasons I would have loved to have been part of that family. But that's that's for sure in um, the seventies. Oh, and just wearing the you know the nightgowns and on the big the big heavy quilts and sleeping up in that loft. Uh, and then in the eighties, I wanted to be part of the Keaton family on Family Ties. And I think if I look at these two families, I'm seeing a lot of the similarities. I'm seeing a really stable household and a really you know really supportive parents and a mom and a dad who just you know love each other so much and. Um, not only support and respect each other, but, you know, support and respect their children. I loved all of it. I wanted, I, you know, I would have been happy as could be to have, you know, Alex Mallory and Jennifer <laughs> as my siblings or, you know, Mary and Laura, even Carrie. Even Carrie. I might have kicked her around a little bit. I might have left her in the well. I might have walked away from the well when I heard her screaming. But, um, yeah, so those are mine. What about you, Kristen? 
This was super easy for me because I wanted to be a part of the Partridge family. Hello world, there's a song that we're singing. Come on, get happy. I literally thought I would make a better Tracy. Like even, <laughs> even when I was tiny, I was like, oh my God, I can play a tambourine better than her. I just, and I would practice. I really thought like, if that bus comes down my street, I'm going to flag him down because I can do better than she can. They're picking me up. Mm-hmm. They're going to pick me up. That. Okay. So our next question, um, we, we actually kind of answered in our previous episode, our fashion episode called From Garanimals to Gauchos. But if you haven't listened to that one yet, we'll answer this question again. And this is, what was your favorite piece of clothing or accessory when you were a child? Carolyn? Well... Actually, I kind of had a hard time with this one, too, even though I did pick something in our um, fashion episode. But I realized I was so fickle, and it was like whatever the latest thing was that somebody had, that's what I had to have. So my favorites would, I had a lot of them, and they would last for a very short amount of time until it was the next thing that I didn't have that other people had. Um, but I'm going to go with two things that come to mind. My first pair of Levi's corduroys that were navy and were actually Levi's, they weren't plain pockets from Sears. They were the real thing. And boy, did I wear those out. They ended up having like white patches on the knees because I wore them so mm. much. Um, and then, of course, my red polyester turtleneck with like the circle half zipper in the front oh, right. um, oh, from yeah. like second grade made me a different, I was a different person when I wore that. <laughs> I was cool. I was like, I had better posture. I had a swagger. I, it, it changed me literally. So those are my two favorites. Kristen, what about you? Um, I am going to stick with my red bandana, and I still have this red bandana, mm -hmm. and I still wear it today, and it's literally the same bandana, and it's got the same knot in it because I don't untie it. I just slide it off my head and slide it on my head. And when I was little, I think part of it was because I thought it would be really cool to be a hippie. And I remember saying that to my mom one time, and she was horrified. And I was like, what? Hippies are bad. I thought they were good. I really wanted to be a hippie. Um, but then also, I think I was highly influenced by Rhoda and all of the headscarves that she wore. I just oh, thought yes. I could be a little Rhoda. So I still wear my red bandana today. Yeah. We really need to bring that back to the masses. I agree. I think that would really, uh -huh. as opposed to the baseball cap, I think I could, I could yeah, get that's on true. with a mm -hmm. cute little kerchief scarf. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I wear mine like that when I'm up here at the cabin a lot. I'll just mm -hmm. tie a, you know, my hippie, yeah. it'll be my hippie look. Mm -hmm. um, okay. So for me, I couldn't think of just one, but um, my, like I said, in the fashion episode, most of my fashion memories are from the very early eighties from fifth grade and, and up. So I just wrote that in the early eighties, it would have been anything a spree, penny loafers, stir up leggings, ruffles on shirts. I loved ruffles on shirts and paint splatters on everything. Like we would get paint brushes and just splatter t-shirts or splatter our jeans or our overalls or our kids, or we would, you know, like five different colors and we would splatter everything. Um, so, and also, you know, my fashion icon at the time was Mallory Keaton. So basically <laughs> watch family ties, anything Mallory Keaton's wearing would have been my, fa my favorite. <laughs> oh, that's great. All right. Who's coming to our dinner parties? Okay. Three celebrities you guys need to choose. Who are the three celebrities from the 70s or the 80s that you wish you could have dinner with? Little dinner party at your house, Michelle. Who are you inviting? Okay. I'm inviting Mary Tyler Moore. Aww. I'm inviting Christy McNichol. And I'm going to tell you why I'm inviting Henry Winkler. 
I'm inviting Henry Winkler for a couple of reasons. One, because word on the street is that he's probably the nicest man in Hollywood. He is. And yeah. two, because I'm not inviting Scott Bayo to my dinner today <laughs> for reasons that I think are obvious. But Henry Winkler, if he's at my dinner party, first of all, he has an amazing history, right? Like he yeah. would have the greatest stories. He has such a great long, just a long career, has worked with amazing people. But Henry Winkler can answer all of my questions about Chachi Arcola. That's right. So I'm going to mm -hmm. get my Scott Bayo fix mm -hmm. from 1978-79 from Henry Winkler. That's a Bam. good one. Smarty. Good thinking. After Mary Tyler Moore and Christine McNichol leave Michelle's house, they're going to walk down the street. <laughs> no. Oh, my It'll God. It'll be a progressive we dinner party. We do share a brain. We do share a brain. That is They will hilarious. be at my house as well. And so my third choice, um, who's going to be rounding out the dinner party, would be none other than our friend Sean. Sean oh, Cassidy yeah. will be yeah. there. But as like the Renaissance man, he would be there mm -hmm. obviously to reminisce about life in the 70s as a teen idol. But now as a writer and a father and mm -hmm. a storyteller, um, he would be able to entertain and inform us with that aspect of his mm -hmm. life. Mm -hmm. So that would be my dinner party guest list. That's awesome. What about yours, Kristen? So I can't have three. I have to have four because I want to invite. No, all... no, no. Okay, one will stay outside and we'll She's, rotate. What, 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 did we'll two of them make a tie? Did two, are two yes. of them in a tie, Kristen? <laughs> yes. No, no, that's it it's because they're it's because one unit. Math? Actually, we could say they're just one and I get to invite two more. There are four in this unit. What? I need to invite all of the monkeys to my house because... I'm a professional crushologist, and I want to explore the dawn of the boy band era. And they can give me information not just about their experience, but also about the Beatles and the Beach Boys and what that was like. At the same mm. time, they were, they can sort of clue me in about the whole Laurel Canyon phenomenon that was happening at that time. All of this music that was being made by, um, Carol King and the Mamas and the Papas and Stephen Stills and Crosby, Stills and Nash and all of this amazing music that was coming out. And they were in the heart of it, even though they were this faux boy band. So they've got two really interesting ways of coming at conversation at my house. So you guys, this is a pretty quick, easy one. Mm -hmm. Who is your adult crush? Kristen. Um, I think I outed myself in the KTEL episode when I started squeeing over Dave Grohl. From the Foo Fighters. Mm -hmm. I think you did, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you weren't alone. We have no. many society members that share your your love. Because yes. he's beautiful. The long-haired, bearded yeah. man. Mm -hmm. And you definitely were squeeing as I was <laughs> editing that part of the episode. I had to, like, lift my headphones sorry. away from my ears. Uh, Carolyn, who, who's, who's on your hall pass? Well... Do they? Do people? Do our society members know about my literal teenage no, level they crush? If they don't, yeah. you guys, they, this is a really, really big, big piece of Carolyn. That if you don't know, you you kind of don't know Carolyn unless you know this. <laughs> so here you go. Yeah, you guys, it is. It's Dak Shepard, and I think one of the reasons we're sitting here with microphones in front of our mouths is because of um, being inspired by his podcast and. Talk about Renaissance man. I could go on and on, but that guy is talented. He's a great dad. He's a great writer. He's vulnerable. He's just, he's the man. Mm -hmm. After my husband, Andy. <laughs> he's one of the men. Okay, Michelle, what about you? 
So mine, uh, I, my number one, it changes a lot too, but, uh, my age appropriate, um, current crush is Peter Herman. He is on younger, um, and he is just dreamy and so easy to look at. And the only reason I watch younger, so that's mine. What movie does the best job of transporting you to a very particular time in your youth that really makes you feel that you're there at that moment in time? Carolyn? I'm going to go with Grease. Grease is the word. saw that the summer I was moving from Texas to New Jersey. We were driving um, and stopped in Atlanta, Georgia to stay with my cousins and my cousins and my sister. And I all went. Our parents dropped us off. And my gosh, iconic of that summer, then the soundtrack and mm-hmm. it totally transports me. So Greece. So you feel that summer every time you see that movie. Oh, yes. For me, it's Ice Castles. And I think it's it's Obviously, I loved that movie so much, but when I even see just a still picture from it, or especially when I hear the music from it. Don't let this feeling end. It's everything I am. Everything I want to be. Today, I am instantly back in that emotional space where I was in the late 70s. It's, it's completely transformative for me. Kristen? Mine is Purple Rain. I never meant to call you when you sorrow. I never meant to call you when you Because I didn't just, I didn't watch that movie. Ooh. I lived that movie. That's what that's what it sounded like. That's what it looked like. Going to First Avenue was everyone's goal. Did I get to go to First Avenue? No, I didn't, but I sure tried. And when people came to school with their First <laughs> Avenue shirts on, I was like, damn it! Right? So it was like, even the streets where they filmed everything, like I knew those streets. It was everything was happening in that movie was happening around me at that moment in time. And I can feel it. So this is a rapid-fire game, this or that. Are you guys ready? Tell me what your preference is. Marsha or Jan? Jan. Marsha. Jan. Greg or Peter? Peter. 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 Bewitched or I Dream of Jeannie? Bewitched. 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 Adam's Family or The Munsters? Adam's Family. Adam's Family. The Munsters. This is going to be an easy one. Sean Cassidy or Leif Garrett? <laughs> Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Sean Cassidy. Duh. Little House or The Waltons? A Little House. The Waltons' Little House. <laughs> it was a special show. You can't. They're two separate things. <laughs> nice try, Carolyn. I refuse. This is Sophie's choice. It's like picking it. between one she of her children. Ah. <sighs> I can't. <laughs> I guess I'd have to say Little House, maybe because it was longer, like lasted longer, but really, I, I, that's my one pass. I just can't. All right, she's passing. I'll take the Waltons for you, Carolyn. And it's hard. I don't say that lightly. Thank I don't you. say that lightly, but I'm picking the Thank Waltons. Um, what do you prefer, okay. the beach or the mountains? 
the mountains. Beach. The beach. Go out or stay in? Stay in. Stay in. Stay in. Hugh Jackman or Brad Pitt? Hugh Jackman. River runs through it era Brad Pitt. (laughs) (laughs) Hugh Jackman. He's probably second on my hall pass. Okay, now we're going to just do some rapid fire favorites where I'm just going to ask you some categories and you tell me what your favorite is. So here we go. Favorite breakfast food. Eggs in a basket, which is you take a piece of bread, you cut out the middle, you put butter on the side, you put it in a frying pan, you crack an egg in the middle, and the egg kind of seeps into the bread, and there's a little happy egg, and it looks like Mm. it's in a basket. See, we call that toad in a hole. Okay. Well, I don't (laughs) think that sounds very appetizing. (laughs) Okay. My breakfast, my current breakfast is, this is going to make me sound like such a weirdo, um, Vasa light rye crisp bread with dill Havarti cheese. That's what I have every day. Every day. Okay, next. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, my favorite breakfast is avocado toast with everything bagel seasoning with an over easy egg and crispy bacon. Oh, that is very specific. Have it almost every day. Wow. What is your favorite? Your favorite current TV show? Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso, Ted Lasso. 10.15. 10.15. And mine is the morning show, but I also love This Is Us. Um, okay, your favorite animal? Dog. I like sheep and donkeys. I used to live next door to a donkey farm. <laughs> it's the only thing I miss about New England is the donkeys, but I really like sheep. Aw. My favorite animal is the cutest animal on the face of the earth, and that's the red panda. Okay, what's your favorite thing to do to relax? Keep it clean. I like, I like to needlepoint. <laughs> um, I do a yoga pose called legs up the wall. And I also do slow walking, which it, I can't believe I'm going to explain this. I like slow walking. And I'm doing yeah, it. I, I don't think you need to explain it. I think we got it, Kristen. <laughs> I know, but why? Like you can't do it for fitness. Self-explanatory. You can't do it for fitness. You have to just walk slow. It's hard. It's hard. Okay. You have to go into training. I like to lay on the couch and read. I usually end up falling asleep. Or I love to crochet. I crochet a lot of different things. Okay, what is your favorite song to sing loudly in the car? Well, this is hard, I got (laughs) to say. But I went with one that I really could belt. And it has beltable lyrics. And I'm going with Somewhere Down the Road. Oh, that's Um, I have a tie also, but I'm just going to give you one. Because I think Michelle might take my second one. So I'm going to go with Love Will Keep Us Together. Oh, that's Ooh. nice. I wouldn't have taken, I bet, because I went with a current song. Oh. And I um, went with All I Know So Far by Pink. I have a lot of old oh. ones. My old one would pre- first, first, my first oldie probably would have been Goodbye to You. But um, I love to, oh, tr- anytime choice. that comes on a playlist, I crank that one up. But right now I will, I will listen to All I Know So Far on repeat for an hour in the car. Uh, okay. What's your favorite vacation spot? Uh, Maui. Uh, Northern California, like Mendocino, Bodega Bay, Same. Bolinas, mm-hmm. where the birds was filmed. That's mm-hmm. what I like. I'm very similar to that. Mm-hmm. I'm Big Sur, Big Sur, California. Uh, what's your favorite dessert? I like a good banana cream pie. Um, I I uh, am partial to ding dongs. I love ding dongs. Mm-hmm. I bring I those over to um dinner. Like if I'm 
invited over to dinner. So if you guys ever invite me over to dinner, um, I like to, or when I've hosted people for dinner and you're like, what do I make for dessert? You guys, it always goes over so well. I'll bring a basket full of Twinkies, Ding Dongs and Ho-Hos and cupcakes. And like everybody gets to pick and people lose their mind. And it's like the best dessert to bring when you have to bring a dessert because it's not fancy. You don't have to, but everybody our age is like, oh my God, it's been so long since I've had a Ding Dong. It's like tongue in cheek. Um, Okay. My favorite. Mm hmm. My favorite dessert is kind of anything banana, and I love um, banana cream pie, but banana cake with cream cheese frosting mm. is mm. my very favorite. My daughter made it for me on my birthday last year, and I no, 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 one, no one in my family likes banana stuff, so I got to eat the whole cake, and I did. Um, what is your favorite alcoholic drink? I like a good sparkling wine. I can That's only have um, half a drink, and so I like half of a Paloma, which is... Um, it's tequila and grapefruit soda and mint. What mm. happens when you have more than half a drink? I barf. <laughs> I thought you told us you cried. That's wine. Cry That's wine. and barf? Yeah. No, wine oh. is cry and uh, then cocktails is barf. Yeah. And beer is bloat. That's too much information. <laughs> My favorite alcoholic drink is a lemon drop Ooh, or a good cool. Cosmo. And I can make a really good lemon drop and a really good Cosmo. Um, come over to my house and I'll give you ding-dongs, ho-hos, Twinkies, and lemon drops. Uh, what is your favorite non, non-alcoholic non drink? Hold on. I just want to back up because I'm not coming to your house if Kristen has any of that because if she barfs <laughs> ho-hos and Twinkies, that's not going to be you. pretty That is a good point. She doesn't get so, anything. You give it yeah. to me in a little baby She'll glass. Have, to have the non-alcoholic, <laughs> the lemon droop. That'll be the, yes, the non-alcoholic. I'll put hers and we, my husband and I, sometimes if you just want a little, we call it a tiny teeny. And so I'll just make like a tiny apple teeny, but I put it in a shot glass. So I'll just put like, See, it's like perfect. half an ounce of, literally it's like maybe like an ounce of vodka and an ounce of apple pucker. We keep it like in the freezer. And so it's always cold. Sometimes you just want just a little sipper, That's exactly but we call it a tiny. Tiny, teeny. So, I Kristen, you if you make come over, I'll make you a tiny teeny. That's perfect. Yeah. Okay, I will. That sounds delish. Okay, well, non-alcoholic drink. Um, I'm keeping in the sparkling family, and I'm going mm-hmm. with sparkling water. Okay. I like a cocktail of half Pepsi and half Diet Pepsi. <laughs> oh, easy. Settle down there. <laughs> uh, my favorite non-alcoholic drink, which I will allow myself to have like maybe once a week, but usually it's about once every couple weeks, is a good fountain Coke. Oh, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm going to go like Jimmy John's and get a sandwich, I'm like, mm, I'm getting a fountain Coke. And, you know, oh, I know where I like all the really good fountain Cokes are, too. I do, too. Um, okay. What is your favorite thing to do on a Friday night? I love to watch the latest episode of Ted Lasso <laughs> while I am needlepointing. Oh, that's oh, a good Friday night. I like to do cocktail hour, which is a fun drink and then lots of snackies and chips and dip. And mm-hmm. I'm kind of like Cher and mermaids. I want that to be my dinner. Mm-hmm. That's what that's you guys. Mine is sort of the same. Um, my favorite thing to do on a Friday night is to stay in. My husband and I will open a bottle of wine. We'll make a board with just some cheese and crackers and fruit and nuts and microwave popcorn. And we watch a good show or a good movie. Mm-hmm. That's my very favorite thing to do. I love it. Well, you guys, we've come to the end. We only have one more question. And this one is a good one. And I don't think um, we'll have any trouble answering it. What is your favorite part of the Pop Culture Preservation Society? Kristen, what is your favorite part? I have two favorite parts. The first one is Carolyn, and the second one is Michelle. 
Oh. <laughs> well, isn't that nice? Mm-hmm. Oh, that Karen's nice. response is to be like, well, isn't that nice? And I'm like crying with like, my no, heart just burst is. with love. But well, how do you find that? Answer. That's kind of why I was doing that. <laughs> it was so perfect. Uh, I oh. had I had sort of the same thing. I mean, my when you say, what is your favorite part of the PCPS? I wrote down other than all of it. Um, I'll say the engagement and feeling of community of the size of the society we've created is something that just completely fills my heart every day. Um, I love, love, love creating the Instagram posts and then going in and reading the comments and interacting with all of our new friends, um, to see their response and all of you listening to hear your responses to our, our conversations just fills us all with so much joy, um, and just, just, and love. And I just, it's so fulfilling for us. And then I said too, I said, working with Carolyn and Kristen, honestly, other than my family, this is the best and most rewarding thing I have ever done in my life. And I don't even know how I can make it sound more powerful than that, but just, um, the relationship between the three of us and the relationship Mm -hmm. between us and our society is just it's, I almost can't put it into words. It's true. Right? It's hard to put it into words. And yeah, to follow, that's kind of um, right what I said, that my favorite part of the PCPS is the connections. Um, obviously, the deeper ones with both of you, I feel like I know you um, both so well, and those connections just keep getting deeper and deeper, and that's so fulfilling to know that at this age, you can make new friends and make those relationships um, even more special as you get to know more about each other. So that's been such a gift. The connections, like Michelle said, that we have made with our society members and our friends on social media, that has blown me away. And on top of that, to see the connections that those that our followers make with each other and to see yeah. those conversations that take place within the comments it's just like we're little matchmakers. It just mm-hmm. makes, it just fills <laughs> me up. And, um, mm-hmm. and lastly, I've got to say, I feel a deeper connection with myself, with getting to go back oh, yeah. and wow. view mm-hmm. some of these experiences as um, my childhood experiences, but see them as an adult. And it's just really been very powerful for me. And mm-hmm. um, I'm an unexpected surprise from all of this that I've very much uh, enjoyed. Oh, here, so here. Just a small, Round small of part applause. of what I've, yeah, what I love hey, about us. This was super fun, you guys. I feel like it was as informative for me as it was for our listeners. It's like we're on the dating game and I choose you guys. I choose you. Contestants number oh. one and contestant oh. number two. I choose you. Oh, thanks for listening, everybody. And stay tuned because we have some big stuff coming up. (laughs) Okay, you guys, we want you to mark your calendars right now for our August 23rd episode, which will be all about the man, the myth, and the legend himself, the Sean Cassidy. And that will be kicking off our Sean week, kind of like Shark Week, but it's going to (laughs) be all about Sean the entire week will be Sean Cassidy related posts counting down to our trip to Chicago to see him in concert on August 30th. We are so excited if you can't tell. And we will be taking you along for the journey starting with that episode. So be sure and listen up.
It's so exciting, you guys. I can't wait. I'm already thinking about what I'm going to pack. Um, yeah, and of course, like Carolyn said, we will be taking all of you along with us on Instagram. So make sure you are following on Instagram, if you're not, and across all social media. And please make sure you're following where you listen to our podcast so you never miss an episode. And please, please, please share our conversations with friends or even enemies. Honestly, we're not picky. <laughs> In the meantime, <laughs> let's raise our glasses for a toast, courtesy of Jack and Janet and Chrissy, to good times, to happy days, to little house on the prairie. Cheers. 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 Information, opinions, and comments expressed on the Pop Culture Preservation Society podcast belong solely to me, the Crushologist, and Carolyn and Hello Newman, and are in no way representative of our employers or affiliates. And though we truly believe we are always right, I guess there's always a first time. The PCPS is written, produced, and recorded at Modern Well, a woman-centered co-working space in Minneapolis, Minnesota, home of the fictional WJM Studios and our beloved Mary Richards. Nanu Nanu, keep on trucking, and may the force be with you. We get a happy feeling when we're singing a song.